Welcome, welcome everyone to the ASMR garden. My name is Melly, and tonight we are going to be reading and learning about some Halloween facts. Facts, 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 facts. I am so pumped for Halloween. And it's only a few weeks away, so I have been trying to get my apartment ready for a little party, get together with my friends, and I want to do some pumpkin carving and getting some mums and other kind of festive plants up in my apartment. So it's been a fun seven days of October thus far. And I wanted to do a little shout out to uh, a very, very special person in my life whose birthday is today, is my father, and I wasn't able to celebrate it with him, but I know he's somewhere being very, very happy, and um, I hope uh, that he, he does have a very happy birthday. So, let's move on, and if you're new here, this is ASMR, and I'm Ellie, like I said. I, I really have never explained this podcast, never really gotten down to the heart of it, and I think I'll do that eventually, but sometimes it helps to explain it a little bit. I do this to, to relax you. I talk about things that you may or may not care about, but it's the manner in which I speak them, or it's for listening purposes when you're doing something that requires almost all of your attention, but you want to listen to something, something as background noise, and I'm absolutely not offended if you use this podcast as background noise. It means that I'm doing what I doing part of my job. And like I say, I invest in this podcast. I put about $45 into this a month and I enjoy every second of it. I enjoy, um, and I feel like every single penny that I put into it is always worth it. So if you want me to change something, if you want me to do something very specific that you enjoy, please let me know because if I'm putting this money into it, I want to make sure that you get something out of it. So I also want to make sure that it's what all of you want to listen to and as you can't really comment underneath a podcast episode, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, or at my website on my email. There's many ways to reach out to me, and I try and get back to everyone as quick as possible. So, like I said, we've got 10 Halloween facts, followed by my usual nostalgic ramblings of why I enjoy Halloween. If you've been with us before, you know that I've done a reminiscing about autumn, and that was um, other various facts that I did, some involving Halloween. So if you want to continue on the 
fall train, you can go back and I'll link that episode uh, down below, which it'll probably take you to my website, but you can just scroll down in whatever directory you're in and you can find that as well. Okay, so, salinophobia is the fear of Halloween. So if you have that phobia, please do not listen to this. Or if you're wanting to overcome that, maybe I can give you some facts that'll help ease your mind. I always think, I always find the names of things like thalassophile or other other, uh, kind of words like that, I always think they're very interesting and I try and tie them to specific episodes like this. So, I'm very sure that there are people out there who, when Halloween comes around, they tucker in, they stay at home, they try and think of happy things, but um, rest assured that I feel like Halloween is usually a pretty safe holiday, and, and just stay around friends, stay around family, and don't stress yourself out. But that's kind of fact number one. But fact number two really gets into the heart of what Halloween began as. So, this kind of comes from a, a Irish tradition or a Celtic um, tradition, which isn't always Irish, as I've read. Um, but you used to have to dance in the, um, you used to have to dance for treats, so, so it was mostly poor people, and they would dress up in some costumes, and I heard it was maybe animal heads or skins or something like that, but they would dress up in costumes, and they would go door to door, and they would have a whole choreography and a dance routine that they would do for every, for every house, but then they would kind of, it would be like begging, but more or less, uh, they would perform for treats and things like that. So, sometimes wealthy kids would join in, but it was majority, there was poor people who did this, so it kind of began in Ireland, as I, as I read, um, or at least the tradition of Halloween specifically, so, um, yeah, fact number three, Halloween traditionally, was believed um, that this was the night that ghosts of the dead roamed October 30th, and so they left their treats at the door to entice them. So these two stories kind of differ, but I think they probably had um, a little bit of both, and so people would actually dress up in costumes to hide from the spirit that would be roaming the earth. So it's a little bit of both, but I thought they were kind of interesting. So fact number four, uh, this alongside with, uh, the Irish thing, the, (laughs) the Irish thing, alongside the Halloween tradition in Ireland, jack-o'-lanterns were also invented there, or at least kind of used. So they, and, and some of you may know this, but 
jack-o'-lanterns used to be made out of beets, turnips, and potatoes, but not pumpkins. So, I thought that was interesting, and I actually think when I've seen carvings of previous jack-o'-lanterns, and they're not pumpkins, they actually look a whole lot scarier. They almost look like shrunken heads. So, I mean, I think we could almost go back to those those days where if you want to be a little bit more scary at your Halloween party, you could pull out some carved turnips or beets, and I think you'd probably get a little bit more of a reaction than the standard pumpkin. But the this idea of lighting up the jack-o'-lantern came from this old tale about this man named Jack. And there's a whole long thing, but essentially Jack tricked the devil, uh, his drinking partner, into turning himself into a coin that would pay for another drink for Jack. And he said, I promise I'll turn you back into, you know, yourself, I'll turn you back into the devil when you're done. And then, you know, we won't have to pay for drinks. And so, um, the devil did that. And Jack put the coin into his pocket. And inside his pocket was a cross. And that meant that the devil could not turn himself back um, from the coin. And so, throughout Jack's life, he tricked the devil into being basically submissive to him. And when Jack died, according to this story, God condemned him to roam the earth. Um, he wasn't worthy of heaven with only coal to light his way. And so Jack turned a turnip into a lantern. And as we know, the rest is history. And so I thought that was a cute little story. And I guess I never... You know, I never really thought about why we put candles. I guess it was just to light up the faces that we carve into it. But it has a backstory, so I think that's kind of kind of interesting, whether you believe it or not. So, uh, fact number five. So, this is a little bit more. Uh, I'm not sure if sad is the word, but it's interesting enough. But maybe sad that um, it had to come to this, but some animal shelters will refuse the adoption of black cats through the month of October because they're afraid that people will use them, will sacrifice them, you know, because there's this idea that black cats can cause uh, bad luck if you come across one. And as a lover and an owner and a parent, a pet parent to two black cats. I am so appalled. I feel like I've only received better luck by having them. And even though they are very annoying sometimes, I have just some of the best cats in the world. And my first, my first cat that I had out of high school, where it was just him and I when we when I moved into my first apartment was Oliver and he's just the heaviest thickest haired cat 
ever and I love him so much <laughs> so I think it's I think the the fact went on to say that not many adoption shelters do this but there have been some who felt like they needed to do it and I feel like it is rarely anyone who is adopting a black cat it they're not just going to go in sacrifice them I think that's sometimes a little bit of a pre a, an unnecessary precaution but hopefully they can come back in November and and adopt that cat or whatever they have in store so it's just interesting Alright, we are on fact number six. Halloween is the second most high-spending holiday next to, I'm sure you can guess, Christmas. I guess my thought would have been it might be Easter or, or um, maybe Thanksgiving because of, of buying all the, um, hmm, like, ingredients, and, and, you know, Thanksgiving dinners are not, are not very, uh, they're pretty costly. You've got your turkey, your ham, ingredients for dressing, and corn, and stuff like that, so, but yeah, Halloween. I'm, I guess I'm not surprised, but maybe a little bit. Um, when I was a lot younger, everyone around me would go trick-or-treating and my parents didn't really like the idea of trick-or-treating. I think there was this idea that Halloween had an evil, devilish aura to it and they didn't really like the idea of, first of all, me kind of going off into the streets and, you know, going door to door, but when I got a little bit older and I was like a little bit into my teens, like 13, 14, they, they didn't care as much, but by that time I wasn't really wanting to go door to door, but I, I just wanted to dress up and hang out with my friends and maybe go to someone's house or something for some spooky games and stuff like that. So, but I always feel like now, like Halloween, like I definitely don't go door to door trick or treating. I don't really even, I, sometimes I buy candy, but I don't, many people don't cross where my apartment is, so there's not any foot traffic, so I don't think there'd be anyone wanting candy from my door, but I mentioned the Day of the Dead and the people who do practice that, and who you know, participate in that tradition, and it's really not a day of, of evil and a day of, of, you know, babies basically it's not a day of evil. I think a lot of people in America and, and wherever else people do celebrate it, they can make it that, but I think it's such a, such a wonderful holiday, and like I said, I'll get into that later. Let's see here. Okay, so fact number six. According to a study done by someone much smarter than me and with a lot more <laughs> funds, 
said that 50% of kids want to receive chocolate as the candy in their treat baskets and only I think it was 24% preferred non-chocolate and 10% preferred gum I would have to be in that 50% I really love chocolate Reese's the Hershey bars that's about it I don't like Whoppers I don't I don't know what if Tootsie Rolls are chocolate but I don't I don't even want to try a Tootsie Roll. I've seen what it looks like. But I would like gum. If it's if it's like spearmint or something like that, I can put it in my purse or in my car or something. But non-chocolate items like Sour Patch Kids, Starbursts, I can handle non non-chocolate items, but I definitely would be disappointed without a few Reese's. <laughs> so I think that's an interesting study. And I I think either way, kids are going to get enough sweetness out of non-chocolate or chocolate <laughs> snacks. I can't even think of... I've never gotten like a really dumb Halloween candy. Like when someone gives you like an apple or a floss or or like a packet of like mints or hauls or something. I've never gotten something like that. I don't even think, I think a lot of times it's, it's pictured in movies or TV shows that older people are giving away hard candies. I don't think I've ever gotten that. I think elderly people they really understand kids like candy, especially my grandma always has candy. Not as much anymore, she's a little bit older, but she, she'll always have something. If we want ice cream or root beer or something, she always has stuff like that. I don't think she, I don't think she's ever offered me an apple. Okay, moving a little bit more onto track. We have fact number eight. This one I really like. Owls are a very popular symbol associated with Halloween. I think we just associate owls with spooky, spooky, spooky. Uh, but it was, um, this is because many years ago they were considered to be witches. Very interesting. But I guess they said that, you know, witches would turn into owls. I guess owls are nocturnal, so witches do their best work at night. Maybe that's what they thought. But my thought is, why would a witch turn into an owl at night if I would think she would be an owl during the day? I don't know. I could be wrong about this fact. But, um, so when the owls would hoot and, and those things it would mean that someone was going to die and that's what they they thought earlier in life i guess maybe in like the 1400s or something maybe but i always wonder now that i know that if i would go back to my one thing is thinking of um harry potter and one of the was it prisoner of Azkaban? Maybe. 
I'm not sure. I would have to ask my husband on that. But when Hagrid's bird thing was going to be uh, killed by the executioner, I remember there being like crows or maybe it was like an owl sound or something before uh, the executioner was going to, to chop the buckbeak's head or something. And I always wonder, maybe the people use these symbols and this sound as a precursor to something bad happening. And I wonder if I can, as I watch more movies and TV shows and stuff, kind of in that realm, if I'll notice any of that. And maybe if any of you notice that. I don't know if anyone's all that interested, but I always find motifs and, and things like that where there's a symbol and a meaning behind it to almost intensify my experience in a movie once I'm almost watching it back twice or even three times like I very rarely do <laughs> to catch those things and it makes me feel more a part of the movie when I see that there are people who have gone above and beyond to give the listeners and the viewers that extra experience. So maybe I'll have to play around with that on my Emmeline series, see if I can throw in some extra symbols and sounds. Okay, so let's see here. Oh, fact number nine. This is a little bit more along the lines of the 50% of kids want chocolate. This says 72.2% of those surveyed by the National Retail Federation said that they're going to hand out candy. So that's 72%. I don't know what it was out of, 100 people, 10,000 people, what it was. But they said 46% will carve a pumpkin, 20% will visit a haunted house, Eleven point five. This is my favorite. My favorite percentage will dress up their pets. <laughs> this is hilarious. I don't know why. I just love that. So I'll go through that again. So seventy-two point two percent say they're going to hand out candy, and I guess I'm in the other the kind of thirty percent that I probably won't. But if someone, I would probably have candy ready just in case someone would knock on my door and then I would I would at least have it but I wouldn't have the intentions of giving out candy and then the 46% will carve a pumpkin I can't believe that I guess I need to know the age range of what of someone who wouldn't want to carve pumpkins anymore I think my mom's just a little bit tired of carving pumpkins and I think she's a little bit less invested but it's just the nostalgia of actually carving them and, and then you know I leave and my brother goes on with his life and she's just stuck with her pumpkins on her front porch to rot. I guess I can understand that. Some people might not have time and usually it's people with kids who want to do that, but personally, I don't have kids, and I really want to carve pumpkins. I was just telling my mom, I was like, we have to set up a day 
where we can do pumpkins. And she didn't really say anything, so I think she's hoping I'll forget. But the most, oh, and then the 20.8% will visit a haunted house. I hate haunted houses. And my husband loves them. His group of friends, they go almost every year to a haunted house in a city near us. And I think it's like a weird little schoolhouse thing or something like that. And I've, I just absolutely, I can't do it. I've been to a pretty, a pretty famous um, haunted house. And I... I was afraid the whole time, I had awful anxiety, and it's almost not worth it. It's not worth it. So I've been only in a handful of haunted houses, and I think after the haunted house that I went to, I had a sort of PTSD for about two years where I couldn't walk past a mannequin, because in the haunted house, I wasn't sure what was a mannequin and what was a person. And I just, it was really awful. It really, it really affected me, but, but I'm over that now. And I realized I don't need to put myself through that. I'm going to let other people have fun and I'm going to stay at home. And then of course, our last 11.5% dress up their pets. And I think we're going to leave that alone. I'm not even going to unpack that, but I appreciate it. And I want to see all the pictures, but I will not be doing that myself. <laughs> okay. Fact number 10. In China, lanterns are shaped like dragons and other animals. And they're hung around the houses and in the streets. Um, I don't know if this is every place in China or just specific places, but they are to help guide the spirits back to their earthly homes to um, and then to honor those who have died and their loved ones they the family members will leave food and water by the portraits of their ancestors so i thought that must be really beautiful to see these lanterns and i wonder if they're handmade or if they can go to like a local shop and purchase the kind of animal that they feel like represents their deceased and loved one. So I feel like I, I, I want to see pictures of that. I think there was a specific name to it, but I don't think I wrote that down. But that's kind of how, um, I guess how we do if you live on a very populated street, I'm sure. On October 30th, if you go, you'll see a whole bunch of lanterns out, candles in them, and I feel like it would be even more uh, intense with some lanterns hanging out on the front porch or on street lamps or something like that. So that must be a really, really beautiful picture, and it's something outside of, of America and I always love to understand what other cultures and other people do when they are celebrating something so familiar to me, but doing it in such a different and, uh, yeah, a very unfamiliar way, which I love to get rid of my ethnocentricities. <laughs> so, I wrote down, 
just a few thoughts of mine. My favorite parts of Halloween. What do I love? What do I hate? I think we already know. And, um, I think it's a good time to reflect. What is your favorite thing about October? Or maybe you really don't have that connection. Maybe it's just another month to you. And maybe it brings back some kind of unfond memories. Uh, I think I have a little bit of that this today on this this Sunday. I feel a little bit down. I feel a little bit like just not even putting up a podcast, but I I really I really appreciate those of you who listen to this and maybe you you cut off before the end. Um, maybe you've made it all the way through after my silly, silly facts. But even if you aren't hearing this, I appreciate you. And if you are hearing this, I appreciate you. And take time. Take the time during right now while you have some time. Just for the next 10 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever, as I'm rambling off about what I love think about what you love, what do you enjoy, and go and find those, seek those out as you spend the rest of your October. Maybe you spend it with friends, family, maybe you spend it alone, and I just want you to know that you are absolutely not alone, and that there are tons of people out there who enjoy what you do, and and love would love to know who you are and so go find those people and and when you do celebrate Halloween be the best version of yourself <laughs> be a princess be a, a watermelon <laughs> be a cat be a, a very very hmm, zombie-esque business person. Do whatever you want, but just be safe and be be kind of happy or be gloomy if you want because you can do anything. So, what are my favorite parts of October? What are my favorite parts of Halloween? They go together. The first thing that I wrote down was the air. The way that the air is on the 30th just the feeling of, I don't know, there's just this special feeling in the air, and it's just this feeling that I'll walk outside, and I'll just put my arms at my side, and I'll just look up at the sky, and I'll just close my eyes and just, like, breathe it in. I have no clue why I do that. The next thing is the colors. I love orange, and the yellows, and the reds, and the dark greens, and the rainy, you know, mist and and just oh, the the fall colors that people wear. People like to bring out auburns in their hair or, you know, reds. I I just love the colors and black, of course, my favorite color. Well, it's not really a color, I guess I should say, but um people doing the smoky eyes, the black lips getting new and funky tattoos, those things, very fun, but my next favorite feeling, oh, I just said it, the feeling, and I've already touched on this, 
but the feeling of of halloween is something so deep within my, inside my soul i just feel so connected with the earth i feel so connected with the people around me and it's one night that i'm like i have to have fun i have to do something something relaxing spending time with friends playing card games sitting outside around a fire I just feel like I have to do it, and if I don't do it, I'm gonna have this un, like unplenished feeling inside me. So, I love the moon. I um, I don't think it's a full moon on Halloween, but there's something about the moon that has been this symbol for Halloween, and just that that owl cooing, hooting, whatever it does, and just going outside it's dark and there's always clouds that you can see because the moon's usually really bright and hopefully there's a little bit of a chill in the air but you don't need something too too heavy no snow hopefully no rain like very clear and i just love the feeling i'm already trying to think of what i want to do this halloween but i don't think i don't think i'll do anything too crazy but I really love the creativity of creating a costume. I hardly ever, ever buy my costumes. I'll just make them out of out of previous clothes that I have, out of materials. Uh, I went as Nefertiti um, one year, and she is, was an Egyptian queen, or I think she was a queen and uh, I think she was the wife of someone that I didn't care about learning I just cared about her and uh, she's beautiful there were these statues in an art museum in a city close to me and I wanted to buy it so bad but I didn't so I just made a you know a little costume but it was was nothing special (laughs) I love the decorations, and I'm not talking, well, some people maybe like them, but I love finding old orange lights to light up the, the the living room of my apartment, and then maybe if it's Halloween night, getting like a fog machine or something, and then my black cats to kind of set the mood, and then a whole bunch of candles, whether they're real or those ones that just flicker. I really like those. And, of course, last but not least, carving pumpkins. I love the family time and the laughter, the concentration. When you finally found what you want to draw, you finally found it on Pinterest or whatever, and then how we all go about differently to, to actually trace the pumpkin is the thing you want to carve out or maybe poking holes over a printed out thing or just going at it like my brother does just he's just gonna think of it and as he goes and the squishy feeling of the pumpkin inside and finally getting to the bottom and you scraped everything out that satisfying feeling of a very clean inside and i think overall just this feeling of 
it's it doesn't have an agenda to it you can spend it alone you can spend it with friends family you can spend it at work and maybe wear some spooky socks and i think overall it's just one of those holidays that you don't have to do something specific you can do what you want to do you can go to a haunted house if you want which i hate we've talked about this you can go maybe you spend your time walking around cemeteries i don't know (laughs) but you don't have to be ashamed of what you enjoy to do on halloween night but just make sure that what you do is fun and it's safe and keep these 10 facts in mind and maybe it's a party um, party conversation or a conversation starter at the bar the club at a party whatever it is just know that i'm thinking of all of you that i'm so excited to continue the month of october by having some interesting things every sunday that pertain to october halloween and all the spooky stuff okay everyone thank you so 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 much for listening i will talk to you all soon